Welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music. Happy Freedom Day. Why Freedom Day? Well, 29 years ago, the first elections with universal adult suffrage took place in South Africa. And since then, 27th of April has been marked as Freedom Day and a public holiday. We have long-standing uh, connections with South Africa here at St. Martin in the Fields. Many of the protests that took place in the 70s and 80s uh, started from here because the High Commission, as it's now called, it was then called the South African Embassy, is right next door, as I'm sure you're uh, aware. And just to name a, a couple of the uh, ways that has been significant in the last few years, uh, you may be aware that just by the sound desk where Sean is, is standing right now is the Living South Africa Memorial, uh, and a replica of that statue uh, is in Johannesburg, St. Mary's Cathedral in Johannesburg. I went to preach there about 10 years ago when it was placed and consecrated there by the Bishop of Johannesburg. Um, and we've also had significant memorial services here. We had the British memorial service for Nelson Mandela on his death and also for Desmond Tutu. Uh, we marked his passing um, a year or so ago. So there's many, many live connections between uh, this church and South Africa and our choir went to sing and the voices in fact went to sing both of them in the last six or seven years uh, in Johannesburg. So many, many connections. We're going to be exploring some of the music of South Africa uh, and movement of freedom struggles this afternoon. We're going to start as we always do uh, at Great Sacred Music by singing a hymn together, which you can find on the inside of your sheets. We're going to sing the hymn, God of Freedom, which was written in 1980 for Amnesty International's campaign against torture. It was written by an interesting woman, Shirley Murray, uh, a New Zealander, a Presbyterian. We're very broad-minded here. Uh, and her hymns are distinguished by their inclusive language and their innovative use of Maori, their bold appropriation of secular terms, and their original poetic imagery drawn from nature and domestic life. But also, uh, and remember this was written in 1980 uh, for the directness with which they confront contemporary issues. Um, while all of those things are true, she chose a very traditional uh, Welsh tune, uh, Rudland, to set her, her words to. Uh, this is a tune used by harp-playing folk musicians named after the historic village in Northern Wales. We remain seated. Uh, the voices stand and lead us as we sing together, God of freedom, God of justice. <laughs>
well, we're going to hear uh, three contrasting contemporary pieces now. First is called Indodana, which is a traditional South African hymn reworked as a lament, uh, refers to the death of uh, Christ, but in a, in a tone that suggests a kind of perseverance through adversity. Uh, then we're going to hear uh, a piece from the 1972 mass setting by David Fanshaw, a British composer and ethnomusicologist who died in 2010. Uh, the mass is written to represent the composer's geographical pilgrimage from the Mediterranean to Lake Victoria. And we're going to hear the Lord's Prayer, which represents Lake Kyoga in Uganda. And then we're going to hear a piece from a 20th century black South African choral composer, Michael Mozo Morani, who was born near the border with Lesotho. Uh, it's Me, O Lord, one of eight African-American spirituals that Morani arranged. And this one is in call and response style led by the soprano. Let's enjoy these together.
The South African uh, story, of course, is a, a complex one. It's one uh, in which apartheid was a theological principle, a perverted theological principle, but nonetheless a theological principle that was used to defend uh, Africana dominance in the country over a period of decades. And two of the most sinister parts of the way uh, apartheid was uh, perpetuated, uh, first of all, the way God was used as a justification for the separation of the races and the subjugation uh, of the majority population. But then in a different sinister way, uh, the way Nelson Mandela was portrayed throughout the 70s and 80s as a terrorist, whereas the man that finally emerged from prison was a very different person from that and it's in fact hard to believe that the transition of power would have been achieved without his remarkable grace and dignity. Uh, and, and that contrasted so strongly with the way he was deliberately portrayed by the regime through the, uh, through the 80s. The question now, of course, is that if you don't have leaders of the caliber of someone like Nelson Mandela, uh, is how is the story going to go on from there? So in a sense, our presentation today, as well as being a celebration of the transition of power, is, is a prayer for the vigilance and for the uh, continuance of the practices of democracy to be continued in the next generation uh, as they were in the generation following 1994. So in that same spirit, we're going to sing together again now uh, which you can also find on the sheets, Tell Out My Soul. Uh, Tell Out My Soul is a version of Mary's Magnificat, Mary's Magnificat that celebrates uh, the deposition of the mighty from their seats and the exaltation of the humble and meek. And of course, it's not only a, a statement about a, a quasi-political program, but it's also a celebration of Mary herself, who was the humble and meek, who was exalted by becoming the mother of Christ, uh, but also was the means through which the great and mighty uh, God became the humble and meek human. So there's lots of layers of theological texture to the Magnificat in Luke's Gospel, and they're brought out by this famous setting. Timothy Dudley Smith uh, who was a bishop, uh, wrote this hymn in 1966. And poor old Timothy was one of those people whose first composition ended up being his most famous composition. You'd think, if you've written Tell Out My Soul in 1966, you've got this stellar career ahead of you, which of course he did have, uh, and yet he's still most remembered for the first hymn that he ever published way back in 1966. Um, the tune was written by a wonderful man called Walter Greatorex in 1916. Greatorex taught at Gresham's in Norfolk. He taught Benjamin Britten. He taught W.H. Auden. He taught Lennox Barclay. It was quite a distinguished line of people at uh, Gresham's in those days. And W.H. Auden uh, said the memorable words that Albert Schweitzer played the organ no better than Walter greater X. Perhaps he doesn't get the credit he deserves. We'll remain seated and the voices will stand and lead us as we sing together, Tell Out My Soul. Mm -hmm. 
well, we're coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this week. Uh, if you've enjoyed yourself, I hope you have. There's an opportunity to make a donation as you leave in hard currency. But if you deal in soft currency, there's all sorts of ways to donate. We've even got a wonderful QR code on the back uh, of the sheets that you can use if you're familiar with that technology. Thanks for all the support you can give and thanks for those who donate online as well. We're thrilled that you join us online. Uh, do look out for upcoming events. There's concerts advertised all over the site. You'll see as you, as you go out. We've got choral classics coming up this Sunday uh, with the theme of the Lamb. It may not have escaped your attention that we have a certain person being crowned king uh, in a few days' time, and great sacred music is not uncognizant of that fact. So we will be celebrating it. The next two great sacred musics will have a very royal feel to them. So do join us for those. We're going to finish with the Lord's Prayer sung in Swahili. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is so familiar to so many people that we sometimes miss the fact that there's, it, there's really three petitions in the Lord's Prayer. There's the one about the present tense, give us today our daily bread. There's the one about the past, forgive us. And there's the one about the future, deliver us. So the Lord's Prayer is a comprehensive prayer that takes in the whole of our present, the whole of our past, and the whole of our future. And, and one of the, apart from the fact that it, we're, sit, we're using a setting sweat set in Swahili, one of the significant reasons for sharing this piece at the end of our celebration together today uh, is that perhaps the greatest legacy of the many legacies of Desmond Tutu was his chairing of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which was, if you like, a theological experiment in how to bring a period of oppression to an end. And if one uh, sentence were to sum up that whole process of truth and reconciliation that he initiated and led, uh, it would be the simple and familiar phrase, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. No better example of the political significance of a familiar prayer than the work of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Thanks for joining us.